Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three. And yes, we are all here in the flesh. Tam and my man, Front Row Kenny, and myself, how are you guys doing on this wonderful Sunday? What it do, what it do. So as Renee just said, we are recording this on Sunday right after the race. Maybe you'll listen to this podcast on Tuesday. If not, it'll drop on Wednesday when it usually does. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Renee, shout out to your mom. Absolutely, absolutely. Best of wishes thank, to thank her you. and Kenny, same to you. Happy Mother's Day to Kenny's mom. She may even listen to this podcast. So happy, <laughs> happy Mother's Day, Mom Lee. Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Front Row Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, well, I guess technically she is. Mrs. Kenny Lee, because you're junior, right, Kenny? Yeah. Oh, you're right. a junior. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, how was your weekend, Renee? And how was your weekend, Kenny? My weekend was very, very chill. I actually didn't really have much to do. I stayed home for the most part. I caught up on some uh, shows uh, just in general that I had been wanting to watch. And I, I worked a couple of days there at the hospital. But Nothing exciting. Uh, you guys, uh, I'm hoping to get out to uh, Vegas next weekend, uh, but I will make that decision uh, maybe like midweek and uh, I'll I'll see you just depending on just how the week is going. But uh, hopefully I'll get back to uh, going out of town and just uh, maybe a little Vegas time like I always, because if every, anybody knows me and just like Tam and our listeners here on this podcast, I do love me some Vegas. Other than that, this weekend was very chill. Uh, how about you, Kenny? What? How was your weekend? Kenny, before you jump in, Man. I just want to say something. Literally, before we started recording this podcast, I was talking to my friend Regina, who's actually going to Vegas with, I don't know if she's still my friend. I haven't talked to her in a while, but I used to run the streets with this <laughs> young lady pretty heavily back in the day. Like when I say we used to, we used to hit up All-Star Super Bowl Vegas for the fights. We used to do the thing. I so technically she's not not my friend. I just, just just haven't talked to her. But they're all going to Vegas, and I was like, dude, every week somebody's going to Vegas. But continue, continue, <laughs> Kenny, continue. <laughs> I still ain't been out to Vegas just yet. I'm gonna get out there at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I gotta do it at some point. It'll be cool. I hear a lot of great things from it. A lot of my friends have been to Vegas, and I think a couple of people I know actually went out there recently. So, you know, kudos to them. Have fun. But my weekend wasn't really too crazy. Nothing wild. I tried a new restaurant out this weekend. It's a Korean restaurant. I think it's called the Seoul Company. S-E-O-U-L Company. They sell like these Korean fried chicken wings. They got a bunch of other food as well, but if you like Korean barbecue style food, in general, if you're in Charlotte, I think that's a pretty cool place to go. But I just got to highlight the Korean fried wings. So they're like fried very differently than like your traditional like fried chicken wing from like any other spot, right? I think they double fried or something like that or whatever it is to get like this very crispy, distinctive crunch when you eat it. Like in a soy, like in a soy garlic sauce. And they also had a fire barbecue sauce or something like that. It was hot, kind of hot, not too bad. but 
Yeah, it's unique. Like Korean fried chicken is very unique in its own way. And there's just nothing like it in my eyes from the times I've had it from different restaurants like that. But it was so good. So it's delicious. See, I'm glad somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will second that motion. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm telling you, it is good. Like, there's another place I went to before called Bonchon. It's like a chain Korean fried chicken restaurant. If you have seen one in your area, I would highly recommend you trying it out. It is super good. But I think that was a highlight of my weekend for real. Nothing like too crazy. Of course, I watched the races this weekend. Um, I will say, Normally, you guys get a rant out of Tim, but you may get one out of me later today once we talk about, you know, what happened at Darlington. But yeah, I feel good about it. So, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about it later on, but still, that kind of summed up my weekend. I'm in a pretty good mood. I think everything's been pretty cool um, since I came back from Kansas. But yeah, I'm just chilling. Okay. Well, living in Los Angeles, Renee can attest to this. We're no strangers to Korean barbecue. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's, that's common. <laughs> I personally that's don't I... frequent the Korean barbecue spots. However, it's very common in Los Angeles. In fact, in Koreatown, because a lot of people actually, the person that I told you that was going to Vegas, her daughter lives in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. So, hey, just all these coincidences. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, go. my weekend was what it was. I don't necessarily remember i think i've been in a house since friday i'm sure i've been in a house so without further ado i guess we can jump into the top 10 kenny did such a great job last week doing the top 10 and he has so much to talk about in regards to his thoughts on darlington kenny it's all you well, the Goodyear 400. This time we had our throwback weekend super early on Mother's Day. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there listening to the podcast. But Martin Truex was a dominant, dominant driver. I mean, he he was on it. Like, there is just no doubt. They rolled off that truck fast. Obviously, we don't have practice still at the moment. So, if you come off the truck fast, you're going to be fast. It's just as simple as that. And this was a day, if you had that right, you were good to go. So, obviously, Martin Truex was your winner. He led 248 laps out of the 293 that were ran today wow. in the 400-mile race. So, it was all him. Second was Kyle Larson. He tried to catch him down towards the end of the race, but a lot of lap traffic. And, again, I will get into a lot more details later, but the lap traffic made a big factor, and they – both had to navigate through it, and that's what made everything tough. Kyle Busch, who won last week at Kansas, came home in third. Solid run for him. William Byron came home in fourth. So with this finish, that makes it 10 top 10s in a row for William Byron this season. Already has a win, and also is starting to have some consistency very early here as we get ready to exit the spring and go into the summer. So that's a good sign for that 2014. Kenny, really quick place. before we move on, and I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just interrupting everyone on the podcast. But just want to send positive prayers and a positive vibes to William Byron because his mom is not doing too well. And I'm sure it weighed heavy on him as he had to race on Mother's Day. So just wanted to add yeah, that. that had to be and tough. if you all can keep Willie B's mom in your prayers, that's what we do. NASCAR Nation, right? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Continue. Kenny. Absolutely. I did I did see that. No, you're 
absolute great point to stop at. Yeah, he had a um, he had a ribbon on his car as well, I believe, with his mom's name on it. So I know that was definitely a tough day for him, a solid outing for him. Um, but definitely thinking about him and his family for sure, hundred percent. Fifth place was Denny Hamlin, your man, Tam. He had a little bit of a run in with the wall <laughs> at the t- at the Lady in Black. He tagged it pretty heavily, but to finish fifth, can't say that's too bad at all. Sixth place was Kevin Harvick. He had a pretty solid day out of the group of Haas cars who did not have a so great afternoon. And seventh, Chase Elliott. Thought he had a pretty quiet good day in that Alan Kowicki scheme, which was really sharp. Ryan Blaney finished in eighth. He had a great run as well. And Chris Buescher, I talked about this last weekend as he came home in ninth place this week. I said that mile and a half program, or I guess in this case, 1.3 mile, but you get the point. That program at Roush has tuned up and they are starting to put together some pretty decent results. They almost had a really, really solid result at Kansas. It could have been better than what it was, but I think they're starting to pick up that momentum slowly. And if you want to see somebody who may points their way into the playoffs, he might be one or he might sneak up there and get a win. So solid effort from the 17 team. And to close out the top 10, his teammate, Ryan Newman, came home in 10th, which was pretty good for him. So solid outing for Roush today. But going to some of the notables, Kurt Busch. Him and Bubba actually almost tangled, but I believe a lap car or somebody was in the way of that incident that happened with him. And I think Bubba was also trying to avoid the same exact thing. And Kurt did not get the best of that. And he came home at 35th after wrecking out early. His interview at the end of the day was, or at least after he got out of the car, was pretty calm for what had just happened to him. Um, It definitely wasn't shades of 2009, Kurt, if you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it just didn't work out for him and that one team today. It just was not their day. Same thing with Cole Custer in 36. He wrecked out pretty early, hit the wall pretty hard coming out of turn, uh, out of turn two. Um, not a great hit for him. Same thing with Eric Amarola's teammate who came home in 37th, did not have a great day, wrecked out early. It was an unfortunate day for Haas. It just didn't really go so well for them. It just wasn't their day, but you know, their bright spots could be Harvick. Obviously in the top 10 and Chase Briscoe came home in 11th. He almost got a top 10. He was running really well all day long. So yeah, that's pretty much the top 10 and a couple of the notables. And I just, before I say anything about the race, I want to get the thoughts of Tam and Renee first. I'm going to keep it super simple. No worries for Denny Hamlin once again this week. Well, I guess that's a little white lie because I've had a lot of words, but I have no words for what's happening to him and what happened this week <laughs> at Darlington. Now, I do yeah, you, want you, to you. touch on Eric Amarola. Who saw that coming? Like, it was lap seven. His day was donezo. And what's really crazy is it was a hard hit into the wall. Like, the spoiler mm-hmm. was, like, jammed underneath something. It looked really crazy. Like, I was like, dude, but you know what? All I thought about, and this is my final word on that, Danica Patrick kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> and and just like we say all the time, and just like we've said all the time here on this podcast, well, we're not Danica haters, we're just not Danica fans. That's, that, that's all I will say to that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say a, a little bit uh, about Denny Hamlin, too, because I was just thinking to myself, 
you know, after we gave our predictions last week, I was thinking, you know, watch Denny Hamlin come out and, and win this doggone race. You know what I mean? It would be just like us to like eventually ride him off just, you know, as of this moment. And then he, that would be the moment that he comes in to win it. But once again, and Tam, you're right. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but, uh, I mean, he's, uh, right there, top five. And, and if, if I'm correct, Kenny, and he's still leading as far as points is concerned. Well, I don't know. Truex might have passed him up because he's got his third win now, though, right? I think he may still be behind him by just, and as a matter of fact, as I say that, the points update themselves <laughs> as I look at them. But points-wise, no, he's still 75 points behind Denny. I think the thing that happened for Denny was he had a good day today, so he didn't really cut too much into that oh, league. Man. So See, he, I, he's so- still fine. And and that that is the beauty of NASCAR. I mean, here's Martin Truex Jr. with three wins, and then you got Denny Hamlin still in front of him. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when you look at it from that level, it's like, well, guess what? You know, I'm sitting in the playoffs. I don't have a win necessarily. However, <laughs> by points, there's like almost a very is a very slim chance at the end of the day, points wise, that that would kick kick him out of the playoffs, which is crazy. With having 529 points right now, he's above quite a few people. (laughs) And you know what? If anybody needs a really uh, uh, nice shout out, how about Kevin Harvick coming in sixth for crying out loud? There you go. He had a good day. Yeah, no, his day was, I guess you could say, almost as perfect as you wanted to go, at least for the way things have gone for Haas this season. He seems to have been the only bright spot so far at this point in time. But yeah, that's, you know, that's really it for him. Yeah, he's carrying the team. The rest of his teammates has been rough. That, yeah, exactly, pretty much. Tim, that is, that is exactly <laughs> He's carrying the team, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's rough on them, but I guess I can give you guys my synopsis on what I thought about Darlington. So, yeah, I knew this was coming right out the gate. So today was a seven fifty horsepower, or at least the race was a seven fifty horsepower race, low down force package, right? Which is what you should want at Darlington, if I'm being quite honest, and. A lot of people wanted it last year, did not happen, but this year, a couple different races have changed in that regard, and Darlington was one of them. Today was hot. It was hot in Charlotte, and it was hot in South Carolina. So, with that being said, that means there's no grip on the track, and it's slick, as DW would constantly say, it's a hot and slick racetrack, right? That's exactly what you got. And the thing is, the cream of the crop, they they rise to everyone who was doing well, they rose to the top. That's literally how it should be. Like, there's just no other way I can spin that. I don't know what else people would necessarily want, but today was good. Today was a solid race. I don't know what more you can actually ask for, honestly, in a cup race at Darlington in the middle of the spring, I guess you could say, which virtually feels like the summer out here in the South. (laughs) But, you know... I thought we got plenty of passing throughout the entire field. Obviously, the best cars, you know, they did what the best cars are supposed to do. Dominate the whole day and stay up front the whole day. Only nine cars finished on the lead lap. That's it. Just not right? In the single digits. I don't know if statistically what was the last time that happened. I want to say it was Dover a couple years ago. But regardless... I thought the best cars did did well all day long. Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Chris Buescher, even Tyler Reddick, who came home in 12. They all had great days because they were able to race that racetrack. And Darlington is one of the toughest, if not the probably one of the hardest tracks to race at. That's a one point, you know, one point three mile or intermediate track, however you want to call it. 
And I thought we got a really solid show. And the craziest thing is, of course, you can't please everybody, right? But people on social taking it as like, oh, this race is awful. And honestly, if it wasn't Martin Truex dominating this race, leading 248 laps, if Chase did this, it wouldn't be a single complaint, if I'm being real. There wouldn't be a single complaint. Nobody would care. It would just roll by. Or if it was somebody else, like, let's say if Tyler Reddick grabbed his first win and he dominated like that, I think maybe people would have a different angle. Some people don't like Martin Truex, right? That's that. That's okay. But I just don't know what can be done to solidify what is a good product. Because in reality, the racing that people think is going to happen just doesn't happen like that. Like, it's not going to be a barn burner every single race. And I can say this confidently, that if you think about a season in any sport, I watch, I watch the NBA, right? 82, 82 games apiece for 28 different teams, right? Or 30 different teams, whatever the number is, right? So we're talking about like 500 plus games in a year. I bet you there's probably like four or five that most fans would probably remember as a collective. You're not going to remember every single race, I mean, excuse me, every single game as a barn burner or it was like an instant ESPN classic, right? It just doesn't work that way because if we had every single week like that, then at that point, it becomes something where like, oh man, you know, I want to see something different. Oh, it's the same old, same old every week. Everybody's close, right? People will get tired of it. It's just like the same thing with Martin Truex, right? He was an underdog at one point and then he became a champion. Then people don't like the champion because they win a lot. That's just how the cycle goes. And I think, I, I just don't understand what people have gotten out of what a race is supposed to look like at Darlington. And if you wanted the old days, you got the old days minus someone winning the race by 15 laps, right? I think Ned Jarrett did that once. He led it by six, he won the race by 16 laps by himself, right? And you want the old days, you got pretty much shades of that today. So I really just don't understand what people are looking for at this point. I thought that's just about as good as you're going to get. It's hot as hell. The track is slick. You have drivers up on the wheel, wheeling it as they're supposed to as race car drivers. What else do you want? Because I just do not understand what more can you want? Because in no other sport, there's going to be a game seven moment every single week. It's just not feasible and it's just not realistic. I just do not understand it. I don't. (laughs) I don't. Okay, Kenny, I listened attentively. I guess we can call that hashtag Kenny's rant. But I don't want to say your rant was pointless, but you already know the answer, Kenny. Renee knows the answer. But since you guys both seem to be a little bit clueless, I'm going to fill you in. NASCAR fans are what they are, and you can't please them. They're always going to be disgruntled. End of the conversation. And Martin Truex, it's been a couple of years since they turned on him. It's like Kobe, you know, rest in peace, or LeBron, for that matter. Nobody really likes a winner, even though they say they do. At some point, (laughs) they become disgruntled. Because you think about Jimmy Johnson, like real talk. I think people tolerated Jimmy, but I don't really think he had people that were super, super fans rooting for him. Because once yeah. he got seven, they're like, nope, 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 nope. You cannot break the record. <laughs> you know, yeah, think man. about it. So it's... with Martin Truex Jr., I he, mean... had, he went on a hell of a run a couple of years ago. He won on yeah. those races, won the championship. 
But I think also the stuff that was going on with Sherry, it was just overexposure. NASCAR beat her story to the ground, dug it up and beat it some more into the ground. So you think about every week you're hearing about Sherry's issues, Martin Truex Jr., then he's winning, blah, blah, blah. It's it's not natural because I, I love a winner. It's like the Kardashians. I don't I love the Kardashians and I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> well, I you know what? It's not even that I love them. I love Chris, the mom. Chris is a winner. Okay, she took a sex tape and the whole family is worth millions. I mean, shoot, two other people in the family is billionaires. How can you not like that? That's the American way. That 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 is a hell of a way to put it, but you're right. I mean, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't even know if it's just all on the fact that it's like Martin Truex himself, but it's just like I don't I can't I can't put my finger on it on what it's supposed to be like race product wise, right? I see I've seen it before where a car that's the fastest doesn't win a race. It can happen. I know that sounds so ludicrous, but look, it can happen on a day. Martin Truex could have had the fastest car, but if it would have blown up on the last lap, guess what? That was it. And whoever else was in second might have been the fastest car. They might have won it. Those things do happen, right? But you literally got it in a perfect storm because I've seen him in a situation where he's had a great car all day, led his a multitude of laps um, in a triple digits and then don't win the race. You know, that's happened before. It's not far-fetched that it can, something like that could happen. But at the same time, it's like, yo, this product that we got today was literally the epitome of we got a solid race. The best of the best literally had the greatest days. The people who did not were just the rest in that, in that situation, right? So it's just like, man, I just do not understand because I don't know. That that race was was solid. I've said it on Saturday watching the Xfinity race. Darlington in the daytime is the best form of Darlington. There's no doubt. I'm telling you, that place is literally that special just racing in the daytime. And as cool as look racing at night is, I'm always and forever going to say daytime racing is better. It's not even just a me thing. It's proven on track. And what you got today is, again, more proof. Daytime racing is premier. As simple as that. There you go. There you go. Kenny's rant. I don't know why he's still trying to yeah. understand it, but we'll move on. I actually want to. Nah, back I, get, up. I know. <laughs> I want to back up to good, good rants. <laughs> a little bit before Eric Amarola's wreck. Renee, your boy, and I know you want to talk about it, but your boy drove out on the track in the rebuilt yeah. Nova. Did you see the. Uh, you guys saw the car, though, right? Uh yeah, that's why I said your boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um that had to be one of the most awesome things I've seen in a very very long time. And um when stuff like that, you know, goes down, you just kind of like you soak it in, you kind of take a look back. I don't know about you guys and I don't know if our, if any of our listeners uh, did this. But, you know, as I'm watching that, and the car itself was just dope. Let, let, let's just talk about the car itself. It's just dope enough. But I'm watching that, and you go, wow, man. And then you, talk, you start thinking about all these these different moments and highlights of things that happen. And, and, and you know, you can get kind of lost and go down a rabbit hole, you know, which is, I think, is, is, is for a moment I did. And um, and not that I got, you know, emotional or anything, but it's, 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 uh, 
it's amazing how a certain piece of uh, just a moment can kind of just take you down a rabbit hole and make you just kind of appreciate, you know, some of the things that NASCAR has brought has brought us over the years. And um, and it's amazing. I, I don't know how you guys viewed it. But that was certainly my my entire thought as I as, as I just watched that that particular. Movie. Well, let me just clarify something as well because I said let's go back bef- before Eric Amarola, but in actuality, I kind of I goofed because I really wanted to talk about Smokey Robinson singing the national anthem, but then I jumped <laughs> to Dale Jr. and obviously Dale Jr. did the Nova pace car for the Xfinity race. So I just kind of went back, but not far back enough, if that makes sense. So because I got excited to talk about (laughs) Dale and the car, but I really wanted to talk about Smokey Robinson. So when I said before Eric Amarola, my mind was thinking Smokey Robinson in the national anthem. But then I was like, oh, well, let's talk about Dale. So, yeah, so Dale, that was an awesome moment, but Smokey Robinson was even awesomer. Is awesomer a word? Awesomer. 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 I don't even think that's a word, but hell, I made it up. That is not a word. But yeah, Smokey looked good and he sounded great. I think Smokey is like 80 years old. Wow. Yeah, he, he's he up there. Yeah. And for those wow. who don't know, like, come on. That like Smokey Robinson is legendary. I know we have some young people listening to the podcast, like um like Mahiri, who we had on two weeks ago, who's only nineteen. But <laughs> dude, ask your parents about Smokey Robinson, and if your parents are young, ask your grandparents. Smokey Robinson. Shoot, is I ain't got to ask. Legend. Legend. I don't even. I don't even have to ask that question. I'm 25 and I like Smokey Robinson. I got him on. A, I got him on a couple of my old school playlists. So I already yeah. know it was cool seeing him do the anthem. And I promise you, one thing certain, two things for sure. Riding a Nova like that, I would definitely be trying to blast some Smokey Robinson while just cruising <laughs> on a yeah. Sunday. Nice weather. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I one of my one song that I like from Smokey Robinson is the duet he did with. Rick James, Ebony Eyes. Ooh, okay, no, stop singing. Oh no, that was Stevie Wonder. Oh no, that wasn't Stevie Wonder. That was yeah, that was, was don't that Smokey Robinson and Rick James, bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, and, Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, Eb, no, it's Ebony Eyes. You're thinking of something else. Oh, I'm thinking of another. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Ebony. I have heard this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, that was Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Wait, do I need to believe that? Okay, for those who don't know, that is a famous reference to when Rick James said, I'm Rick James, bitch. By the way, I actually Legendary. got a chance to meet Rick James and chop it up with him before he passed away, which is pretty freaking awesome. But yeah, I know some people are listening yeah. like, who the hell is Rick James? Google him. Y'all better know. I was about to yeah. say, y'all better yeah, know. And y'all while we're giving shout out, shout out to SWV and Escape for the awesome verses. S double U M V. They was they was live. Yeah. That that was Sangan. As they say, not singing, it was Sangan. Sangan. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
So on that note, yeah. what did we miss? What do we need to cover? We talked about everything. Kenny gave us an awesome take on his thoughts <laughs> on the race. Before we actually jump into our predictions, because we are headed. Oh, well, we did we talk about the next gen car? I feel like we talked about it last week, but it was before it was actually the the unveiling happened well remember i used the word unveil mm. reveal whatever <laughs> so do we yeah. need to talk about the next gen car i mean i actually i thought it looked amazing personally it looked very modern yeah. but it looked more street than actual stock and i obviously we know what a stock like car, a race car is but it just looked like <laughs> something you would actually drive on the street yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the next gen was beautiful. Like the Camaro, the ZL1 looks great. The Mustang, I'm not even really a Ford guy per se. Not necessarily the biggest Ford guy ever, but that Mustang looks sharp. I'm not sure where they got it from, but the nose of the car almost looks like the Shelby GT500, which if y'all don't know. That's like a super. That's like a six figure. <laughs> priced Mustang. So yeah, even the Camry looked great. I thought that looked pretty cool. But yeah, they got a real short, a real short tail, a very interesting front nose, and they look great. And I can't wait to see them next year in person as well. I really can't wait to see them next year. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Okay, so before we go into our predictions for Dover, I want to let you guys know that we will be on the Clubhouse app. So You have no excuse not to join us because now Clubhouse is available for iPhone users as well as Android users. We will be on the Clubhouse app Wednesday talking to Brandon Thompson, who is the vice president of diversity and inclusion for NASCAR. Brandon's story, he's been at NASCAR for what? 18 years now, something like that. Brandon has worked his way through the ranks to become an executive at NASCAR. He was, you name the position, he's had it. Most people, most notable, and most people know him as the managing director of NASCAR's touring series. But since then, he's moved on up and he's a vice president. But He's had all kinds of positions. He started as an intern at NASCAR. He worked for Rev Racing at one point, came back into the NASCAR family, and he's been there ever since. So we will be on the Clubhouse app. The link will be in the podcast description. But that is Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All you have to do is Google NASCAR Talk and look for the black and white tire mark. And that is us. But actually, now that I think about it, you should join that club. But we're actually talking to Brandon in another club that we belong in. So I'll link it in the podcast description to make it easier for you guys. So on that note, it is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, here we go, Dover. And these are going to be my predictions straight to the point. Now, my boy Kevin Harvick, who was my alternative pick uh, last week, actually came in six. So he actually came close. Not real close, but he came close, better, closer than he has been 
in the in any of these uh, races this year in general. But this week, I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott as my winner to win at Dover. Chase Elliott is going to be my main pick. And for my alternative pick, Kenny, I know this is going to shock your, uh, this is going to shock you in general, but I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with William Byron. I'm going to go with William Byron as my alternative pick. Yeah. So, uh, there we go. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. Kenny, what do you got to say? Yeah, your alternative pick definitely got me shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. Like that actually <laughs> threw me for a loop, but it's fair given his last couple results. He has yeah. been that, that 24 team has been on it. I know they haven't won again since Homestead, but consistency-wise, they have it. So in the right situation, right time, certainly, I think they could win Dover. That makes total sense. But those aren't necessarily my picks. For me, my main pick is actually going to be Denny Hamlin, who won the first race last August. And for my alternative pick, I am also going to go with someone who has already won this season and got his third win at Darlington. So I'm going with Martin Truex Jr., who also has won here recently within the last two years. So those are going to be my two picks. And I also want to say something real quick that I didn't get a chance to say earlier. But for the fans that go to the stands, when we talked about the Xfinity race, Justin Allgaier in his interview made a mention that on the re- the final restart, a guy in a blue shirt specifically, as he said, flipped him off before the restart. And that gave him a little bit of a motivation. He obviously won the race. But just to let y'all know, the drivers, to me, must be able to see you clear enough if he could point him out by shirt. So, you know, think about who you flip the bird to. You might give him some extra motivation going at Dover this weekend. Wow. But th- Yeah, that's crazy, right? So fanatical. <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> like, okay, my thing is that. that he didn't do anything hey. to that guy. So how and he's you such have a nice guy too. That strong of a yeah. feeling towards a man that's behind a car going 200 miles an hour to throw him the bird. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. I couldn't believe it. It actually shocked me because when he said it in the interview, I was like, "Oh man, that was." He pointed him out clear enough for being a, someone coming say, across man. a line that fast. That's pretty yeah. good, but he knew exactly where he was sitting too. <laughs> I feel like he probably did. If he said it, he probably would have got it right. The way he described them, I'm like, man, that's crazy. So with that being said, folks, drivers can't see you when you do stuff sometimes. So those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. What say you, Miss Tam? Super easy. And you already know, Denny Hamlin for the win and my alternative pick to win the race at Dover, none other than Kevin Harvick. I'm rolling with all the old heads. Wow. Well, there you go. All rolling with the old school guys. And those are our picks. What say you, fans of All Turns No Breaks? If you guys got your picks, let us know who they are. If you got an alternative pick too, let us know who it is. Hit us up on our social media across the board. As always, it's at Turns No Breaks across the board. Again, it's at Turns No Breaks. Thank you once again for listening to us and our podcast each and every week. And please, if you know anybody else who loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, turn them on to our podcast. Let them know. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. And for Kenny, Tam, and myself, we'll see you again next week on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. See y'all. Hey, don't get them drivers the bird. Remember that. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 